tonight, Jesus. We lift our hands in total surrender. We lift our hearts in a love and adoration for the great God that's in the midst of your people, Jesus. Open our eyes to your presence. Open our hearts to the realities of you standing in the midst of your church. Oh, Father, what do you want to do tonight, Lord? What's upon your heart to say? What's in our lives that need to receive, Lord? We say, yes, Jesus. Take control of our hearts, our lives, our families, this church, the body of Christ. Just take control, Lord. Move us into greater things. Take our lives, Lord. Unreservedly, we give them to you and are thankful and appreciate you. Jesus, strengthen us for this evening service, all of us. As we hear your word, as we do your word, as we receive it. Have preeminence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Amen. Thank you, musicians. and Amen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 in the New Testament. I want to welcome Sister Leonard from uh, Sister Leonard's mother that's here with us. Amen. We're thankful for Sister Jenny Leonard. And we're thankful for her mother and father. As last year, this very weekend, we were with them in Ohio at their church. And so we welcome them and love you dearly. And uh, we'll remember Brother Murphy Wong tonight again and welcome him home. Amen. This week. First Thessalonians chapter... Uh, 1 verse 4, the verses that we read, I want you to observe the nature of Christ as he was being conveyed through the ministry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 4, Paul said, Knowing, brethren, beloved, your election of God. For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Ghost. And in much assurance, as ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Just skip down to chapter 2, if you will, verse 1. I want you to notice uh, how Paul was speaking to the people. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1. For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that we have suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as ye know at Philippi, We were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanliness, nor in guile. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak. Not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts." For neither at any time used we flattering words, as ye know, nor a cloak of covetousness, God is witness, nor of men sought we glory, neither of you, 
nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ. Verse 7 is a very wonderful verse, and 8. But we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, what wonderful words, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. This is wonderful. These are wonderful words. God bless you. You can have your seats. Brother Tim spoke on Wednesday night on on return to our inheritance. And um, several months ago, while we were in Malawi, the Lord laid on our hearts to speak on inheritance coming back home. And I hadn't spoken on that. But as Brother Tim, even before he gave his title for Wednesday night, we were had it in our notes to speak on inheritance and uh, beneficiaries of his nature. So tonight we'd like to speak on that. If you keep your Bible open here in First Thessalonians uh, again, I'd just like to refresh your heart to some of these words in uh, chapter 1, um, verse 5. Uh, Paul was being reflecting the nature of Christ through the ministry when he said, For ye know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. Even though in verse 6 it might have come in time of, of affliction, uh, but there was joy of the Holy Ghost. And if you look in chapter 2 and, and down through the words that he used there, I, I want to again bring to your memory verse 7 how Paul was handling the the congregation he said but we were gentle among you even as a nurse cherisheth her children this is a very amazing uh, part of the word of God to know that there's times in our lives as God's people that were handled with great care and gentleness as a nurse would take care of her children and verse 8 he's actually opening up the heart of God when he says that um, being affectionately desirous of you. Um, and the last line of that verse says, because ye were dear unto us, means that the people had come into a, a place of endearment with the ministry so that God could speak words to them uh, that were affectionate. And, and the, the ministry's heart was desirous of this. Verse 11 is another verse I'd like to speak on just as a foundation. For as ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children, that ye would walk worthy of God who hath called you unto his, glo- his kingdom and glory. And for this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectively, effectually worketh also in you that believe. I say, Lord, work in us tonight. As as the Father would read the will, I believe there's been a reading of the will that has taken place. And that the ministry today is to remind the people of what lays in the will. If you look back in verse 11, Paul said, As ye know 
how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his children. That word exhorted means that uh, we beseeched you or we exhorted you with desire. We prayed for you. We entreated you uh, to call to one side. Remember, he's bringing this as a father would his children to summons, uh, to address them or to speak to them, which may be done in the way of uh, exhortation or entreaty or instruction. It's very opposite to what this world has today. A lot of fathers don't have time for their children. But Paul is bringing the affectionate heart of God uh, to the people that how the ministry had exhorted them. It means to admonish or to strive with them many times to console them, to encourage them and strengthen them by consolation uh, so that they would be comforted. Amen. It means to exhort and, and to bring encouraging instruction and to teach them. In the original uh, meaning of these words, as ye know, how we exhorted and comforted every one of you as a father doth his children. That word comfort means to address one by a way of admonition and incentive or to calm them, to bring a calming to their lives, hence to encourage them. To console them. And when I looked a little bit deeper into what Paul was saying, like he's typing this as a father would his son. It means from a certain place that a father would speak and with a certain type of a voice. It means that he was speaking of comfort or with comfort. Like it was standing right beside him. You and him as his son or as his daughter that you are very near a comforting angel. So the Bible, when it speaks about how we we comforted every one of you, it means we spoke of comfort. We spoke with comfort. We spoke by comfort. We spoke besides comfort. We spoke at comfort. And we spoke very near comfort. Thank you, Lord, for the comforter. Which Jesus said he would come back in his, in his father's name. The Holy Ghost is a comfort to the people. And, and Paul was speaking this, how that we were gentle among you as a nurse would cherish uh, her children and that how the ministry was affectionately desirous to comfort the people with a speech or with words. Even if it comes to a place of, of speaking to them to bring them in, as we know it came not unto you in word only, or me in word only, but also with much power and of the Holy Ghost. Tonight we're reading of the will and we are beneficiaries of, of God's will and also of his nature. And he has charged us. Let's just continue reading on in verse um, 17, if you don't mind. This is um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 17. Just a few words of a foundation. Paul said, we brethren being taken from you for a short time in presence, but not in heart, endeavored the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. 
But what is our hope? I, I, I like how Paul was speaking the ministry. What is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Praise be to God. The congregation is the glory of God, but also you are a product of the spoken word. So however we deal with God's people and however we share the, this presence of God with one another, it is you are the glory of God. You are the joy of God when you follow along, as we heard this morning, in obedience to God's purpose for your life is so wonderful. Praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, uh, I'm just uh, finding my place here. When we look at this word, I put it on the screen for you because I know it might be difficult even to spell this word beneficiaries. Excuse me for using a long word. But when we speak about the inheritance and we might be gathered in a room like tonight reading from the will and finding out there's things in a document that are things uh, that God's given you in his inheritance. If it was a million dollars, you wouldn't care about all the big words and the, all the jumble jumble. You would just say, let's just get to the end so we can get out of here. I want my million dollars or I want my $200,000. But it's more than money tonight. It's the word of God where when we hear the word, it's actually giving to us the reading of the will. There's things in the word of God that is being brought to your attention. This is for you. You are beneficiaries. That means a beneficiary is someone that receives benefits from someone else. It comes from a root word. Beneficiaries comes from a a root word beneficiary, which is a person. I'm speaking about you tonight who derives advantage from something, especially a trust or a will or a life insurance policy. You would say that you are heirs. Or you're an heiress. We are heirs of the Father. We are joint heirs with the Son. That means we we are an inheritor of something. God has given you the advantage. Amen. This is the trust. This is the will of God. It's like a, a life insurance policy. But it can only come into effect after the death of the person that had the policy. And I'm glad tonight that we've received an eternal life policy that we can cash in on. He gave his life. This is the time to cash in on the policy. And it's not just sitting around hearing the, hearing the policy or hearing the, the will being read, but it's taking it into your heart and going out from there and living according to your beneficiary of these promises of God. Then if you've been given a million dollars and the ministry is encouraging you, go out there and take it. Go out there and live to, to the standard that we've been called to. Then you don't have to go out and just live off of just split bean soup. And, and be a beggar off the street. Hallelujah. But we are beneficiaries of the will of God, of the nature of God. Then when we hear that, we can apply that immediately and go out and live that. Amen. We are beneficiaries means that we are recipients or receivers. We are the payees. Your name was on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. I wanted to just speak about two things tonight, and that number one is the nature of God. 
And number two, that is our inheritance that we are beneficiaries of. Our inheritance is in this word. I want to say some things I think you can rejoice over just now. Our inheritance is in the word of God. And the word is greater than money. It's greater than if someone bequeathed us millions of dollars. Or yachts or boats or properties. You are now the owner of this certain property and has a mansion or a house. And oh, that might fill your heart with joy. But the word is our inheritance. And it's greater than any money that we could ever receive. It's greater than anything that a father or a mother could give to their children is is an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ and the word for their day. It's greater than giving them property. Speaking about the inheritance that we have received as sons and daughters of God, we are beneficiaries. That means that it's greater than any possession or any education. Say you got a full ride to this certain university. You got a full paid scholarship. But God has given us so much more in the word of God that we can drink from and eat from and be beneficiaries. Of this word of God. I want to take it a little further and say this message is our allotted portion. At the end of the day, God gave us this message. And friends, if we don't have a lot of what the world has to offer, we have the word of God. Then we're richer than most people in this world. There ought to be something moving in our hearts tonight when God has dropped this nature down inside of our hearts. This land of the Holy Ghost. That's been given to us. Freely has been given to us. But as we receive the word now, it's time for us to walk in it. I think this word of God is greater than any barns we could receive or any cars, any boats or any trucks. Anything of natural, I was reading last night of some billionaires that, uh, what they have on the earth today and most of them, especially the new generation, are billionaires because of what's been given to them and and bequeathed to them because of hard work by a father or a mother and, and it's been, they're beneficiaries of a lot of money or a certain island or a certain property and, and I'm so thankful, friends, that the word of God still moves in our hearts, that there's an appreciation That I have him. And he is more than enough. Because a will has been written out. The word is our inheritance. I was thinking of this in Malawi. This is when this thought of this inheritance came into my heart. As I saw young ladies and young men and believers. As they were hearing the word of God. And I thought of us. And how we've received an inheritance of the word. That it calls for a faithfulness and a trueness to that. We have the message within our hands. You and I are part of a royal family. And none of us could choose when we were born or how we were born. But I want to announce to you tonight, you are the son of a king. You are the daughter of a king. It just happens to be in your lineage that you are predestinated to receive the word for your day. I thank God for that tonight, friends. This world is going crazy and all of their connections and being connected to these things. And you have a spiritual connection to God Almighty. 
I want to ask you some questions tonight and uh, we're not going to be long. But as we speak on beneficiaries of his nature, what did we do to merit our salvation? I want everyone just to think about this. What did we do to merit our salvation? What did we do to deserve his love? I know it's Sunday night, but these things run deep way down into the soul fiber of believers. He died on the cross before we was even born. Think about this. He wrote on the, on the signature of the will is the very signature of our father that died on the cross before you were even born. He placed an elected seed in us. Before we even made a choice. I tell you, some of these statements just blow us off our chairs. And those are handwritten notes. Those are things from Almighty God. Like Paul was speaking, you have been affectionately placed into the hearts of the ministry. We're just reading from the will. God put a seed in you before you even made a choice. Hallelujah. He already thought about your whole life and where it was going to end and throughout your whole journey. And he put a seed there before he even said yes. Before your strong will crumbled. Before you were broken and said, I surrender. God had already chosen you. Hallelujah. My last question on this. On this line is, does any of our works equal His abundant grace? Think about this tonight. Does any of our works equal His abundant grace for us? His mercy for us? How He's been so long-suffering to all of us. My heart's just quivering right now. I feel like I'm speaking of a love story. The answer is no. None of our works equal the grace of God. His mercy for us. His suffering long and patience with all of us. There's times that we're strong. There's times when we're doing well. And then there's times that we're confused. There's times when our minds and, and, and our whole beings are, is just not right. And when we're just going through life and God's grace and God's mercy for you as his daughter and you as his son does not throw us aside. But he says, I love them before I love them now. I'll forever love them. Praise be to God. I'm still going off of the love of communion from last Sunday. Lord, so affect us, God, that we're not just hearing sermons and just coming to a church and singing songs, but something's moving in our lives, Lord. I want to say this tonight. A whole life of service, a whole life of service could never repay what he has done for you. A whole life of service, giving of yourself, will never equal what he's done for you. Tonight we are beneficiaries. It's us that benefit from this. I'll just read a quote before we turn to another scripture. And and where I think 
Pentecost failed, Brother Branham was speaking in California. He said, you can never exhaust God's love and mercy to you. Maybe tonight somebody needs to hear these things. You can never exhaust God's love and mercy to you. You say, well, I hate to bother you so much, Father. Brother Branham said he wants to be bothered that way. He does. Don't ever think that you could ever ask too much of God. Well, the scripture says you have not because you ask not. And you ask not because you believe not. But the word is coming to us for us to believe it and take right a hold of that. Brother Tom, I appreciate you for reminding us of the healing lines. Which our brother Darren Hoffman has made those available on the message hub, on the desktop version. There was eight files, and Brother Michael is on file number eight this afternoon, as I just heard them throughout the week. Anybody here or around the world could log into the message hub and listen to these uh, healing lines. Has it been a blessing to you? What is that? That's the heart of God saying, you are my glory. You are my joy. He wants you to be healed. On all facets of, of our being, our soul, our spirit, or our body, He wants you to be healed. I thank God that my name was written in the will. Your name is in the will. Brother Branham said he wants us to ask and believe that our joys would be full. He wants you to ask abundantly. Ask for big things. Don't limit your faith to some little mustard seed. Get on out here to to another kind of faith and move out into big things. Big things is just as easy to receive as little things. You just have to believe. That's all. And you've got faith just to know exactly how to use it. And it'll be all right. It'll be all right. I tell you, friends, when you're going through a hurricane and everything's shaking, as we as we know those hurricane, what do they call those planes that fly through hurricanes? And they fly through the middle and then they register. They drop things down in the middle of hurricanes to test all the barometric pressures. And, and then all of a sudden it just, it'll come out into the eye of a hurricane. But when they're going through that hurricane, everything's just shaking in that airplane. Just shaking, shaking. And then they just come out into a time of peace. You're flying in the eye of the storm. And as we've heard before, God's bride is flying in the eye of the storm. Brother Branham said, could you imagine talking about exhausting God's love and his power and and his beneficiaries for you? We're talking about exhausting that. We can't exhaust God's beneficiaries. Could you imagine a little bitty fish about that long way out in the middle of the ocean? And and this little fish is saying, now, wait a minute. I, I better consider this thing. I better drink of this water sparingly because I might run out someday. Brother Branham said a little fish about that big in the middle of this ocean out there. Do you all got the picture? That's about like us sometimes. A little bitty fish out in great big ocean of God's presence. Thinking I better drink sparingly. I better ask little. And God is saying there's no way you can exhaust my, my promises to you. Drink, little bride. Drink tonight. 
push out. Drink and push out. He said, my brother Branham, that could easily be done. More easier than you could ask too much of God. Oh, you say a little fish to, to, to just stop drinking or say, I'm not going to drink so much because, you know, it just might take up all this water. Brother Branham said that could easily be done more easier than if you could ask too much of God. He's the inexhaustible fountain of life and he's your father. And you are on His will. Could you imagine a little mouse about so long under the great garners of Egypt saying, Wait a minute, I better not eat just about two grains a day because I might run out before the winter's over. Brother Bradham said that's the way people act as Christians. They get up of a morning and say, God bless my family today and keep us close to you. Amen. Well, I've done my religion for the day. He said, oh, I just like to lay down and really drink it in. Then he said, don't you? See, I just like to get it, go to a service and see the preacher get up there and see the singers get up there. No, he's communing with the congregation. Don't you? Hallelujah. Don't be like a little mouse saying, living into the granaries of Egypt. I better eat just too little. I better ration ourselves out. No, break out of that thing. Just let that spirit be broken on you tonight and say, I am a beneficiary of the nature of God. Hallelujah. This nature of God. Let me speak about it just a little bit. I went under our website, actually driving to service. Someone was driving me, but I went on this, sir. And I looked the last time because I thought, I've spoken about the nature of God. I've spoken about that. And it was 2009. It was right during the summer when our church was going through a lot of upheaval. I thought, my, has it really been that long? But the nature of God, that we are beneficiaries of his nature. We all was born with a sinful nature. Do we agree tonight? All of us were born with a sinful nature. And that's why every individual, I'm going down a little path because I feel led to. Every individual that goes in the rapture must have a nature change. There must be a change of our natures. And that's what being born again means. Is to have the nature of God. Or a seed of God quickened inside of your soul. And from that time, you can never be the same. But as we're growing, and as we've grown, you've grown over the years. We begin to understand that there are benefits to being a child of God. There are benefits to being a daughter of God. There's benefits to being a son of God. Do you believe that? When, when, of you that are parents or grandparents, when your son or daughter walks into the room, it's different. I guess I need to explain myself. Amen. My father and mother's here tonight, but when, when one of their children walk into the room, it's different. You that have grandchildren, and you know, there'll be a lot of children in the church and Sunday school and BCA and all kinds of nursery things and people in the foyer that go by here and there. But when it's your grandchild or when it's your son or your daughter, it's different when they come up to you. Amen. 
Friends, I'm trying to get you to think spiritual tonight. As sons and daughters of God, when you come into the room, something happens in God's heart. Look at there. My sons and daughters have come to worship me tonight. Excuse me, angel, step aside. My children have a request of me. They're not just sitting there just, just with no, nothing coming out of their mouth. He's a high priest of your profession. What do you want tonight of God? Hallelujah. When a son or daughter of God walks into the room, it's different than just somebody else that walks down the street. We're different tonight. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 2. This is Paul continuing to speak as we read in our opening scripture about how we were gentle among you as a nurse cherisheth her children. We have been affectionately desirous to be with you because you are dear to our hearts. Speaking on this nature of God, Galatians 4, 8. How be it, Galatians 4, 8. How be it then, when ye knew not God, you did service unto them, which by nature are no gods. Are we there in Galatians 4, 8? How be it then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them, which by nature are no gods. Can you go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3? I could have uh, put this on the screen, but let's just turn to our Bibles and, and look at this together. Ephesians, speaking about this nature, beneficiaries of his nature. Ephesians 2, 3, Paul said, among whom also we all had our conversation or our behavior in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So can we all agree tonight we were all born with a nature of the world? That's why I believe as we get older, as brothers and sisters, and we are speaking to our children or our young people, that it with, be with an understanding that we also walk in times in the lust of our flesh. We also walk in the desires of our flesh and of our mind. So let's not think it's strange also that they are walking through this new birth experience of justification, sanctification, and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then it ought to be as, as Paul was speaking about this, how that we handle them, exhort them, comfort them, and charge them as a father doth his children. There's a lot of delinquency that's happening in our generation of fathers that do not comfort their children, do not exhort their children. I want you to think about that. That's what Paul said, as a father doth his children. That means a, a father would comfort their children. A father would exhort their children. A father would charge their children. 
Amen. Not always with a heavy hand. But Paul was speaking it here about having this endearment and being gentle. There's a time for all those things. But there's a time to understand that there's a nature of God that we are seeing that there would be that change. Look in the verse that we just read, Ephesians 2, verse 3. Among whom also we all had our conversation. That's our behavior. In times past, in the lust of our flesh. Desiring, sorry, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But thank God for the nature change. We're not here to pretty up the pig and make it look all good and put a little bow tie on for Monday to go right back to the mud. No, in Sunday services, we are to lead them to the water. Lead them to the fountain. We've been hearing a lot lately about being to church and that's our duty. And I believe that with all my heart. But it puts more of a responsibility on the ministry. That when you do come, that we're speaking in ways that you want to come back. Let me just say that again. It puts a responsibility on the ministry. That when we minister to you, that that's exactly what we're doing. We're ministering to you. And that you want to come back. There's a joy. There's a need. There's a desire. There's a love. There's something that's moving in our hearts. Would, would you, brother, please read that again? Would you tell me that that's part of the will? That I can go there. I can have that, brother Ray. I can have this. It's right in the will. And all we're doing is just polishing off the will. We're reading the will. Because a prophet has already given us the will. But now the ministry's job now, this is our duty is to remind the people of what lays in the will. Do you believe that tonight? Oh, friends, when we speak about a nature, it's speaking about when we were born with an old nature. That nature was opposed to God. It was an abnormal, it was perverse and struggles against the things of God. But I'm also speaking about the arts of man and how they may try and how they may try to get back and make it all good. But we see that that nature must be changed. There must be a change of of the origin of just a physical good message person. There's got to be a birth. Where the whole acting and the habits of their life and the whole sum of their property. That means who owns them? What power flows through them? I'm working in a channel right now. What power is flowing through you? Where is your origin? Where are you going? I believe sons and daughters of God came from God. We're going back to God. We're in this little journey in between. Sometimes we can be tossed by our minds, our spirits, our bodies. But tonight's services are really good. My nature is of God. The first nature is a beastly nature. There's all kinds of peculiarities and characteristics people can justify themselves or put off or cover over. But really it's a monster. 
It's a ferocious being that's, that's just at any moment wanting to break out and lurk out there. But God has given us a spiritual nature. Our nature is not to be children of wrath. We are sons and daughters of God. That's why Brother Branham said in expectations, many times we have favors or a family strain that would be like each other. And then in the family strain of God, if we become sons and born of the Spirit of God, we take on the nature of God. How many's taken on that nature tonight? I know Brother Tom had you staying this morning. It's good, friends. Amen. We, we, we've received a new nature. It runs in our family. Praise God. It runs in our family to love His presence. I really wonder sometimes when we're in atmospheres like this or times like even our pre-services singing and prayers and the Lord's just moving, our hearts are quivering. That's when we ought to just jump into the water, friends. Amen. Because through the week, we need that kind of strength and comfort. We need that consolation. That's the angel of the Lord coming beside you. That's the healer coming by you. Thanks for reminding me, Brother Tom. What it was, when you hear the healing lines, I'm getting older. In the healing lines, you hear Brother Bradham talking to a sister. And he's talking about things that, and, and then he would say, and only you know that because I see you in your bathroom. I was thinking this week, who gave him the permission to say that in front of all these people? How embarrassing. But I tell you what, friends, when God's on your case and the great physician is touching that sacred ground, you don't care. I don't care if there's hundreds or thousands, but I've just stepped into a presence that was with me in my bathroom. Oh, you say, Brother John, I'd want to run and run into that. No, no. When you're in that presence, you realize if he knows and he was with me, then he can heal me. Don't let it just be audio files. Eight audio files of about an hour each. But let something strike your heart to say, the same God that knew that sister knows my life. He knows what what I'm thinking. He knows my family. He diagnoses the whole case. So we don't need hours and hours of going all the symptoms. We just need that spontaneous something in our souls to say, Lord, you know all about this. You know the right word. Tonight we're just trying to bring you into a place around the table, the boardroom table, that you're beneficiaries. You can have it. You can say, my, that brother's so spiritual. That sister, oh, no, no. You can have it. Brother Branham said in Invisible Union. A man that's born of God, a son of God, has to have the nature of God. He has to be like God. He honors God. He's part of the Word of God. That's you tonight. I'm reading the will. You're part of the Word of God. So heavens and earth will will pass away. 
this beautiful ocean, this beautiful mountains. One day Vancouver and, and Blaine, the whole Seattle area will be beachfront property. It'll be, it'll be destroyed. But I thank God that there's been a nature change in you and I. We're going to another place. We are like God. We honor God. I'm part of the word of God. In this last days. I think the days of the preacher just preaching ought to be over. We ought to just be repeating what he says. I'm part of the word of God. I, 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 am, I honor God. Say, how do I honor God? By taking him in his word. And in the last days, this is invisible union of the bride, of this bride taking form, just exactly the same power that he was in the beginning, has come up through these organizations and so forth and come out for the bride. He can't be nothing else but that. So what he said for the groom is good for the bride part. Then I can be nothing less than the bride of Jesus Christ. I tell you, some somebody's going to believe this one day. I'm speaking about the nature of God. Can you imagine, Brother Bradham, going up and down an escalator in, in, a, in a shopping mall? And because of an experience he had had when he was 14, and now he's 54... Now he'd gone 40 years, uh, he'd gone 40 years, and him being under the impact still of there I was, back in hell again, and so in souls in prison now, this is 1963, Brother Branham said that soul that's in there, that soul is what God is working on. Hallelujah, tonight he's working on the souls of our, of our teenagers, of our children. Of our mothers, our fathers, our elderly. He's working on that soul. Oh God, reach our souls. Don't just reach our bodies. Don't just reach our spirits. Can he say it any more clear? Reach our souls. Oh God, he said, if he can just get that nature, that spirit to agree with him. Then that nature dies. The nature and the love of the world dies. And the things of the world is dead. Wouldn't that be wonderful if that happened in our church? That every individual actually had a nature change. Do you think that would be wonderful? To where our spirits could agree with him? And the nature of the world that we were born with from many countries could die. And the nature and the love of the world would die. And the things of the world would lose their hold on us. Where people came in with a greater hunger for God because they knew that was their father. And whatever I, I ask him in his name, he wants to give it to me more than I want to ask. Because if we love the world or the things of the world, the love of the Father is not in us. So many people stop right there. Condemnation just kind of settles over them. But we need to turn that right around and say, if we love the things of God and the things of His Word, then that's God putting a nature inside of us. Hallelujah. 
This nature has to die. And the nature of God comes and lives in you. And God is the only thing there is that never did begin or never can end. I've always thought it was amazing. This struck me in the last couple of weeks how there are going to be people granted eternal life. There are going to be people that while they're living on this earth now, they, they, they will not manifest a seed nature. But there will come a day when they will be granted eternal life. To me, that's amazing. Because eternal life never had a beginning, never had an end. But that's not you. There is a seed inside of you. There is a predestinated seed. That's why when you hear the word, you leave the other thing. Say, when does that happen? Whenever you let go and say, Lord, I'm leaving the other thing. You say, well, I can't do that. Yes, you can. This is the most powerful quote. I'm speaking on beneficiaries of his nature. In identification, 1964, in California. Am I reading too much? Brother Bradham said this, I'm reading the will. When we're done with reading the will, then it's all, and you can walk out and live it then. Hallelujah. Listen intently. Get a little happy. Man, he gave me $20,000. He gave me a yacht. He gave me the the prime property. It's It's an island. And your heart just is moving. Let's get out of here. No, 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 just sit there. Maybe somebody else needs to hear. Uh, the world is in a frenzy tonight because of some lottery over a billion dollars. It's called a poor man's tax. Because a lot of poor people pay it. It's with a false hope that I'll get rich, I'll get rich. And it's proven the, the more higher it gets, the less chances. And they buy more, buy more. We are in Satan's Eden. Don't you realize your father planned everything? And you don't have to buy lottery tickets and do all those things of the world. Say, I guess I'm going to be poor the rest of my life. Friends, wouldn't you rather live poor here and then live in a future home? I'm not sanctioning being poor. I'm making a point. Most God's people are poor. But don't try to play Satan's game. I think Brother Tim Dodd has an answer for that about what happens if you win the lottery. Are you supposed to tithe? (laughs) We were talking about that. What do you do if you give to missions? You know, how much do you give to missions? Well, that would be a good problem to have. We're not playing the game of eternal life. This is real serious stuff. Is anybody happy tonight that you're beneficiaries? I'm sorry, I actually put this whole slide up here so that you'd know how to spell it. Because I couldn't even spell it. I mean, can you imagine having inspiration and not even know how to spell it? I'd spell it ten times and it'd probably be ten times different. So I put it up there. So some of you might put it in your notes. Probably spelled it wrong. Oh, this is powerful in, in identification. He's talking about this reflected, talking about God, His loving Noble character. God reflected in a man called Christ. Don't you think he's wonderful? He stepped out of heaven. He owned everything. And he stepped out of heaven. 
And he came down on earth to be a little baby. To be a teenager. To be a 20 year old, 30 year old. He's incredible. He's incredible. Let's all say he's incredible. And God just laughed right then. He's like, yeah, that's wonderful. Some of you are real serious tonight. That's really good. But God just chuckled a little bit. He said, they said it. They actually said it. Can you think about how great God is? He was the only one that could do this. I'm quoting now. There was no other character in heaven could do it. He was God. He was the sinless nature. He was the word. Sinless nature of God. He was the word expressed. Which the word was the beginning. Now this is the part you're really going to like. And if you are in the Lamb's book of life. You was God's expression from his thoughts. He's seen you and seen your desire before there was even an Adam or anything else. And you are his thought made word and expressed in what you are now. He said, amen. That's God in you reflecting Christ today. You know what I mean? Some of us are probably trying to get it. We probably don't know what he fully means. But if we really get what he means, I tell you, that would set our hearts free. Don't be a hypocrite and, and be more happier if you got a million dollars. So I came to church on a Sunday night and they were passing out a million dollar checks. Man, we're so happy. We just can't wait. Don't act like that when we're talking about the things of God. And it just seems to hardly be our emotional realm is connected to the word. A believer's nature that's been changed is connected back to the word. He said, if you are in the Lamb's book of life, you was God's expression from his thought. This is when we just need to stop the tape and say, thank you, Jesus. God thought about me. He thought about us being together. He thought about the person next to you. He thought about us working together. Having desire for one another. Having a love as Brother Daniel prayed. We love one another. God put that there. This would help some of you in your trials through the week. When people hate you, they'd rather see you dead than alive. They'd rather see you a prostitute on the street or a drug addict than being a Christian. That's a shame. That ought to witness something in our hearts. We are living in a kingdom, but we're not of this kingdom. We're walking around people that has no nature change. That's why they love the things of the world. They love their money. They love their television. They love their devices. And you just get sick of it. You just look at all the world has to offer and all oh, they're fighting and it's amazing. To think that God thought of you and expressed his thought and he's seen you and seen your desire before there wasn't even an atom. That's not Adam in the garden. That's like a little atom or molecule before there was anything. God thought of you. Amen. 
And don't anyone ever here believe that you can be saved today and then lost tomorrow and then saved when you're good and then when you're doing bad, you're lost and no, no, I've never been changed. Has nothing ever happened. Then when you kind of break through that and then, then you're good, then you can smile. No, that's like a yo-yo. That's where Satan wants to get people. No, no. I am God's desire. I am the glory of God. That's what Paul said about you. You are the glory of the ministry. I know some of you don't understand, but you are the joy of the ministry. When the ministry sees you happy and walking in the word, there is no greater joy. Just read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John and you'll understand that. There's no other book of the Bible, books of the Bible, spoken through one vessel where there's so many words of endearment as 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. He was an older man now, but he was treating the church. You just look through that whole, those three books uh, near the end of the Bible. I, I read them this morning all again. He's beloved. He speaks to the ladies, young men. To you fathers, beloved, 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 words of endearment. It was just rolling out of him. Ah, you say he's a compromiser. No, he tapped into the nature of God and how you deal with God's people. Somebody say praise the Lord. Okay, our last, uh, let, let me just quote some verses for you. Can I do that? I just saw the time. Romans 4, 6. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. Can I have your attention? Righteousness without works. Some of you look like you want to turn to it. Okay, Romans chapter 4 verse 6. There you go. David's trying to describe you. How blessed you are. Well, Brother John, I don't know about that. No, David's trying to describe it. Romans 4, 6. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man. Unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works. That's you. God has imputed to you righteousness. Without your works. Meaning, before you were even born, God said you're righteous. This blows the mind of people in the world, even denominations, because they don't understand. You say, it's by your works. You, You know, you give your heart to Christ, you're baptized, you go on, you receive. No, no, no. We have been given righteousness without our works. But because of a nature change, we show up by our works that we are righteous. Let's go to Titus chapter 3, verse 5. I I know it's another book in the Bible, but it's Paul speaking again. Titus chapter 3, verse 5. This was in my heart speaking about the nature and how we're beneficiaries of his nature. Titus 3, 5. Brother Titus was another contemporary or close to Paul as Timothy was also. Titus 3, 5. Let's read this out loud together. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, 
But according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Is that what your Bible says? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to His mercy, He saved us. By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. You have received the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. I'm staying on my subject of beneficiaries. I could ask the question again. Is there anybody here that's worthy of God's love for you? God's mercy. The Holy Ghost. You say, I deserve it. No, none of us deserved it. But you are beneficiaries of the Holy Ghost. Not by works of righteousness. If you read marriage and divorce or listen to it next time, watch how Brother Branham talks about the word of God runs true with the nature of God. It runs in continuity. Let's say continuity. It's another one of those hard words, I know. But continuity is continuing. The word is continuous. It runs with the nature of God. So that's why he said in marriage and divorce, everything in continuity. All nature is in continuity. Seed, die, go into the ground. Death, burial, resurrection. The sap goes down out of a tree, like what's happening outside here in October. Sap goes down in the tree, it drops its roof, its leaf. But it comes back the next year with a resurrection of a new leaf. I love this. Brother Brown said, see what I mean? Everything, even nature of God, is in continuity in one. Here in one is designed out of the continuity of God. Nature is so designed so it can't sin. Think about it. The original creation of God could not sin. He said, don't you see it now? In this view here, the perversion of the church, the original is God's word. There is no sin in God. And you have received the nature of God. My, my last uh, comments here will be as David in Psalm 68 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. Daily. Say, I've exhausted his benefits from Sunday. Well, if God gives us tomorrow, just be waiting for more benefits. Say, it's going to be another, my, it's going to be another foggy day, Brother John. It's going to be another one of those fall days. No, no, no. Be looking for God's benefits. David said, blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits. That's the beneficiary responding back to the God. You're responding back to Him, saying, thank you, Jesus. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Beneficiary, benefits. We are beneficiaries of the life of God. And my last verse, Psalms 116, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Can somebody answer that question? What can we render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward us? We've heard the reading of the will and his benefits are acts of grace. 
We did not deserve this. He gave it to us. So it was a bunch of spoiled brats in Hollywood and in the world where the, the, you know, their moms or dads pass away and give them billions of dollars. I was reading a bunch last night and they're just billions passed into their hand. One of them was so afraid and this might seem funny. They never go outside. They're never seen in public because they're afraid they're going to be kidnapped. Because you kidnap somebody that's got money and, and put a ransom out there, they'll gladly pay you a million dollars to get back their beloved whoever. Friends, you didn't have to worry about going outside. Walk outside. I was going to say look into the sun, but that's probably not a good idea. But look into the S-O-N and thank God, look into the mountains. I will look into the hills. Brother Derek and Sister Debbie, I will look into the hills from which cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, who daily loadeth me with benefits. Would you please order another dump truck load of benefits, please? To that address, to that person, and it just... And you're just like, wow, they're just coming up. Let that be where you live this week. You're not a pauper. You're not a beggar. Get up and walk out of here. And don't go walking and living under a bridge in Vancouver. Stop that nonsense. And I'm not talking about natural. You can live in a tent or a cottage or an apartment or a mansion. I'm not talking about that. I'm speaking about spiritually. Don't go mope and cope with some demon and just start, you know, just petting it again tonight. Chop its head off. You're so used to passing. Would you like a sip of my coffee? Let's talk about this. But tonight when you go back there and you just get out the little coffee and, and you sit, this is your private time and fear starts coming and the past and your future. Don't tell me it don't happen to you. It happens to all of us. And that old serpent comes out there and kind of coils around and gets in his little comfort pillow and, and just starts smiling, you know, and then he goes to sleep. Just grab the sword and what? Say, I've had enough of you, devil. He daily loadeth me with benefits. I'm not a pauper. I'm not a beggar. I'm no longer a slave to sin. But if you're in that condition tonight, cry out to God for a nature change. Don't live under a cloak of my daddy's this, my mommy's this. You know, I kind of got everybody hoodwinked and they just see me as a good person always. And now we got through the weekend. Stop living like that. That's a spiritual beggar. Get serious with God and say, I want some of this honey, brother. I want some of this love. I want some of this communion. We hear things like we heard at the opening about Paul speaking about fathers comforting and exhorting and charging their youth. And we sometimes as fathers seem like such a failure and that we could have done better or we should have done better. And and as one young man said last Sunday, uh, after we washed feet with him, he said, you just feel like sometimes your your past, like you could have done more or what am I doing? But the time to start is right now. The time to start is right now. Put the past behind you and say, God, anoint my life. Quicken me now, God. 
for all of us. The time to start is now. You can be a good father now, a good mother now, a good friend now, a good brother and sister now. For I am earnestly desiring with a great love to see that you're happy, that you're joyful, that the glory of the church can be crowned upon our Heavenly Father. For we are beneficiaries of the nature of God. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. If you want to read the message on this beneficiaries, it's in the message, it is the rising of the sun, that he speaks more about this beneficiaries and how we are beneficiaries of his life. We are beneficiaries of the resurrection. And that we draw benefits from this by proving to the world he's alive. Hallelujah. The same life, the same power, and the same beneficiaries that when he was here on earth, he was God. He was a redeemed, but you and I are redeemed seed. For knowing by God, our names were put on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. And we are beneficiaries with him. With him. Oh, friends, it's not just to you. He is with you. Hallelujah. He's not preaching down to us. He's bringing us along saying, come on, resurrection. Come on, victory. You are my victory. You are my healing. Come on, deliverance. Come on, beneficiaries. Hallelujah. We're leaving this boardroom tonight with smiles on our faces. Not one of you got left out of the will. Hallelujah. No reason to be angry and upset and bitter. You are in the will. Start drawing on these benefits. Pull them down into your heart. We've been raised with him. We've been quickened from death unto life. We've, here, here it is, the last quote. We are his beneficiaries of his res- resurrection, his policy of eternal life. Hallelujah. It's not a life insurance policy. It's an eternal life policy. You can have it tonight. Not just granted eternal life. You have eternal life now. Thank God. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads together. Your grace still amazes me. 1281. 1281. Your grace still amazes me. Who would just like to thank the Lord right there where you're at? Who would just like to open up your heart and say, Jesus, I receive these benefits, God. I receive the word of God. For it's not come to us in word only. But the power of God is there. Oh, the angels of God are there. The spirit of God is there to quicken the seed. Tonight is your time to say, oh God, I've heard sermons. I've heard the healing lines. I've heard the token message. I've heard it is the rising of the sun, but I need to draw benefits. I believe your word, Jesus. I want to leave the house of God tonight rejoicing and happy that we have benefited. We have benefited by being here. Where would you rather be tonight? Up in a pub somewhere. Oh, Jesus, rearrange our thoughts, get our attitudes right.
We're in the presence of the King. This is my Lord Jesus. He's worthy of my love. He's worthy of my, my whole life. Every breath that I could ever take could not merit His goodness to me. For He has broken out upon me with His goodness. And I cannot contain it, O oh God. Maybe some of you need to pray, Lord, help me to get to that place that I wouldn't be able to contain it no more. I'd be able to stand like that woman in your presence and you'd say things so personal, but I would never be offended. God is letting you know that he saw you in the bathroom. He saw you in the bedroom. He saw you at your work. He saw you driving your vehicle and weeping and crying. That is the grace of God. It's His mercy. Can't you just love Him a little bit and thank Him for this type of a relationship? Still amazes me.
there's Sister Anno here tonight. Sister Anno here. I don't know if she's here tonight, but just a few weeks ago, God bless you, Sister Anno. She graduated from SFU on a Friday morning. And we were able to go, privileged to go. One of our princesses was graduating. But as we drove up the hill, Brother John, drove up the hill to SFU, my mind went back to years ago when God stirred through our little church here with a revival. We've called it the SFU Revival. It's gone around the world, been great testimonies in other places. But the Holy Spirit just came down into our van. It's like he was reminding us of his greatness. Sister Anno, God bless you for your testimony. I believe five years. Who was affected by those SFU revival meetings? Just raise your hand. Locally, worldwide, some have gone back home, back to Africa, and even been married and have children. Our whole church was affected. I was so affected, Brother Michaels, I drove up. I began to weep in my van. How great is our God? These are sacred grounds. I felt like I was driving up in the sacred grounds where men and women, young ladies, young men gave their heart to Christ, rededicated their heart to Christ. And I don't want to be too personal, but one of the young men that was gave his engagement announcement this morning. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it being in that service. And there's something that happens. We've taken this testimony to Europe, Africa, and many places when we give this testimony without ever giving names. But when other people hear about a genuine move of God, when individuals are sparked by the Holy Ghost, it does something for them. And I'll never forget being on this side of the hall. It was a classroom and Brother Sean Manassi was speaking. And Brother Nathan, excuse me, and Brother Michael on the front row. Brother Michael Diaz there. And the Lord came down in that little service. And people began to stand up and cry out to God. Be delivered. Be set free. The Holy Spirit falling, Brother Joseph. And many others. I will never forget it. Brother Nathan stood up and begin to stagger under the influence of the Holy Ghost. You talk about being drunk of the Holy Ghost. There was a young man. He was so drunk on the Holy Ghost and he began to move around the front by Brother John and down by the side by the chalkboard and he just collapsed under the impact of the Holy Ghost. I will never forget that. It's because there's a lot of things that can never be spoken that go on underneath the surface. But I'll tell you this, the Heavenly Father will never walk out on you. He will never forsake you. I'm so thankful for the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. It comes in very sacred moments and will propel a person for the rest of their life. They are launched like an astronaut. never be the same. And now, Brother Nathan, for God to give you such a beautiful lady, Sister Rachel. 
God bless you, Sister Anno. It was another opportunity to go up and be with some of her other friends and believers. I know all of you would have loved to have been there. But when she walks across the aisle in front of all these thousands of people, it is a great joy to be able to celebrate that one of our sisters, one of our young ladies, overcame. But my thought always goes back to the time when we walk across the great banister of time as believers and your names are calling. You talk about a screaming and a glory and a shouting and a, and a whistling and a... Say, you're being loud. You're being out of order. I tell you what, it's nothing next to side sons and daughters of God when we make it on the other side. Praise be to God. We are beneficiaries of the nature of God now and we are beneficiaries of heaven and a future home and a new body. That in closing, that body will never have a pain, never have a suffering. No gray hairs, no eyeglasses, no false things in your body. God does everything right. Say, things are broken here, things are out of order. Brother John, I'm walking out of the boardroom wondering. No, you take the word of God. You are beneficiaries. Heavenly Father, as we close this service, we thank you, Father, for your word. Just being in the back study before coming out and as the video pans the congregation, I begin to weep and cry, wondering what I could never say anything to help those people. I could never. We feel so little. But your word is so great. And your promises, how can we not but shout them out sometimes? It deserves more than a whisper. The great things of God. You speak to us so silently and quietly sometimes. I pray this week for many within our congregation that you would come to them in that way. As a nurse would cherish a child to know that the ministry of the Holy Spirit and your nature in dealing with us is always right. And if we've built up walls or if we become another person that's not the real calling of God or purpose that you've called us to, I, I pray that you would help us to lay that aside willingly. A free will offering and say, God, just take that. Take that away. Take that. If there's a nature issue or if there's a nature problem, let us be willing. Let us be willing to look at the fruits and say, Jesus, there must be a greater life. There must be a greater something. Let us be willing, Lord, to come to your feet and receive what you have Heavenly Father I have an unspoken request laying in front of me this week Lord our office the office staff and the administration I pray your Holy Spirit would be with each one of the brothers and sisters that you will use this week to represent us
May you know, Lord, that this is your work. You give them wisdom and understanding. They stand on our behalf. They stand in our stead. You know each one of them and who you're going to use this week to help our congregation move forward. And many things as a family we cannot say publicly. But there's always things that go on behind the scenes that we want you to know tonight, our dear Father, that you are in control of everything. Go before us. Go this week before every family that's here and every individual. Let them know that they are not alone. Let them take their inheritance of the Word of God. This is our allotted portion. Let us go throughout our land this week of the Holy Ghost and experience it greater, Jesus. Let there be healing in our land. Let there be strength in our land. Let there be character in our land and holiness unto the Lord in our land. May you bless our assembly, bless the marriages in our church and the individuals, Lord. Some struggle with infirmities and crosses that they bear and I pray that none of us would get hardened or as we get older that we would not fail to remember the times we also struggled but that you would give us patience and grace and even a reaching out to some that we could help we could encourage we could contribute our presence could be a blessing and our prayers could be of utmost help Lord Go with us now, Jesus. Help us to hear the word of the Lord this week. And let it bring victory within our lives, we pray. We thank you, Jesus. And we give you glory. And we thank you, Father. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Can you join me with thanking him? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let's sing as we go. In my life, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified. In my life. Oh, yeah.